You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. voice yet again on the Anarchaeologist podcast. So just let me adjust some of the volume here so you can hear me nice and clear. So basically today I'm just going to adjust my mic stand because I feel like I'm just a bit taller than what my mic stand thinks I am. So let's just edit it there. Perfect. Oh, I need a good stretch. (sighs) Yeah, well, you know what? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for being late. Late on everything. Um, it's been a it's been a, a problem that I've had quite recently with a lot of the stuff that I've had to do because the problem is that I have a full-time job uh, I have then a life outside of that I have to sort things out make sure the house is nice and clean and tidy do the dishes cook the food you know those kind of normal day-to-day things and then of course I've got the archaeology podcast network to look after and then I've well for the sake of just doing really cool fun stuff I've picked up other things as well and unfortunately having a life like that is while fun and really engaging and very rewarding it's also quite a drain so what I really want to do is pick up again and actually talk as a person and the last number of months has given me a chance to actually think about things without saying them and it's allowed me to kind of mull over consider and move forward with what I think about things, how I think about things. Um, I had the chance to not only go to the SIVA conference uh, over in Leicester recently, I also was at a first time conference uh, called the Hidden Heritage Conference over in Dorchester. Now Dorchester is a lovely little place in the English countryside. Um, It's basically near, I don't know, it's like south of Bristol, it's east of Reading, uh, west of Reading, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And um, I kind of like that. Um, it was organized by a guy called Mark Watson. Mark Watson I kind of bumped into over Twitter, I believe, I believe. And he he was saying, look, I've, I've got this great idea for a conference, Tristan, about hidden heritage and what hidden heritage is. And um, I kind of got into the zone of, yeah, no, I I can write about hidden heritage, it's no problem. So I submitted a paper basically arguing that hidden heritage is not in fact hidden because we don't know what it is, but rather because we do know what it is. And we have this kind of way of saying, when we use history to politically um, kind of say things, make political narratives using history to support what we believe, we try and pick and choose things that make us feel good and uh, what we do in that is we support some histories and not others and while you may say hey Tristan if we support one history over another why is that important it's important for another number of reasons the problem is we currently live in a capitalist society Um, well a form of capitalism where basically resources are predominantly economic ones and uh, those are tied in inherently to political and social capital as well. So what happens is when you support one thing, 
over another, you give more money to it and therefore you can do more with it. So what happens is supporting something over another is not just simply I believe this is true over this is true, it's more I will give money and support to this to be more fully researched and therefore better archived, therefore that is the predominant history that gets talked about. So this is a really interesting point about hidden history and how hidden history can influence how we consider history today. And that's why I think it's so fascinating about the way in people use the past, the way people use heritage. So I, I was um, I was the first person in the speaker list, which I don't think was a very good, smart idea because it was like nice and early in the morning and I had this whole tirade about blah, 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 blah. Um, of course, you can catch all the all the uh, episodes, uh, all the sorry, all the speakers on the Archaeology Podcast Network. Because what we've started to try and do is have a conference, um, a conference kind of like uh, stream. So basically, you'll be able to kind of listen to conference speeches and presentations. Um, you'll listen to them and not be able to actually see them, but you know. Um, we're a podcast network, not a vodcast network. Ha 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 ha. Who calls them vodcasts? I have no idea. But I um, I really enjoyed the Hidden Heritage Conference mainly because it wasn't like other conferences. And I know it sounds really kind of, I don't know, pretentious. It's like, oh yes, I presented this conference. It was so different. But what I mean is that the people who were presenting and the way they presented, it was very, very unformal it was very very kind of it was good it was it was very good stuff but it wasn't in this kind of almost hoity-toity principled one this is how you do this kind of talk and i really liked that it was very down to earth and very very normal now uh mark obviously and his family really really lovely they help uh they put me up for a few days and let me sleep uh uh, at, uh, uh like uh in the living room which is really really nice of them and their dogs are really lovely as well um <laughs> i'm not really a dog person but i must say i, I think i fitted it I, I was i was welcomed in by this little tiny tiny dog and this older uh, uh golden retriever uh i was welcomed in after about a day it was quite nice I really loved it, um, but I have a story about trying to get home from Dorchester, uh, because Dorchester is in the middle of nowhere, and um, it's it's kind of a bit of a journey away from there. So what my original plan was, um, I'd flown to Heathrow, and then taken a train, uh, no, sorry, a bus over to Reading, um, and then taken a train from Reading to Dorchester. So that's how I got one way. Um, so that was easy enough, but on the way back, just because it was a Sunday, I had to kind of go through Woking and go get a then a bus from Woking to the Heathrow. Now the problem was it was not my day because I uh, got onto the train and the train wasn't moving. There was something about a um, axle counter, um, some sort of train mumbo jumbo. Unfortunately, I'm not into trains, so I have no idea what that means, but. What had happened was basically we weren't moving and we were staying where we are because if we decided to move, it is possible that we wouldn't, we'd be stuck not at a platform, but rather in the middle of the English countryside for hours on end. I met somebody on the train who was in the same position as me going, I really, really need to get somewhere and I, I had a flight to get. 
So basically what happened was um, myself and this lovely lady called um, called Nikki, she uh, basically suggested that we get a taxi around the problem. So uh, moving on to the next kind of like town and hopefully getting a train from there. That was all great. Um, so as you can imagine, we, we got off the train thinking it wasn't going to go anywhere for ages. And we kind of like ordered a taxi. But of course, you know that kind of moment where you kind of go, wait a minute, is that the sound of a moving train? We had that moment that basically this train started moving. As soon as we kind of got to ordering a taxi, it was ridiculous. So we're basically thinking, ah, oh, well, we'll wait on the taxi. We'll just do this as we are. We might even, you know, catch up with the train. I mean, I mean, trains are faster, but you know what I mean. We were, we were being optimistic. So um, basically, we got a taxi and we got around to the next station and we found basically all the trains were delayed. And the problem was they were delayed. It, it, my whole delay um, was getting close on an hour in total. Um, so that kind of meant that I had... I was originally getting to the airport about quarter past four, and then I was getting to the airport now with the delay about quarter past five. The problem was my flight was at 25 past five. So here I am in the middle of the English countryside on my way to um, Heathrow. I'm hitting probably around Bournemouth at this point and uh, thinking to myself, good Lord, how can I get anywhere? And um, I try and change the flight, you know, and uh, they're basically telling me it's over 100 quid to change the flight. And I'm sitting there looking at my bank account going, I can't change this flight. So anyway, <laughs> uh, to make a long story short, I actually managed to get to Woking on time, but I would have then missed my bus because for some reason, National Express do not have buses every half an hour. Instead, they vote for every hour because that's really useful. So I don't want to get too much uh, on their back about that. It's just their service. But... I managed to get a taxi to <laughs> London Heathrow and get there in just in time to catch my flight. It was... Whoa. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 when you are going to and from conferences, make sure you give yourself at least two hours to get to an airport. And conference organizers, I know you might like where you live, but please, please, please get somewhere where it's easy to travel to and from. Another conference that was relatively easy, well, it was easy-ish to get to, was um, the CIFA conference. That was happening in the third week of April, and that was happening in Leicester, which is another piece of, well, this time we're in the middle of the East Midlands, I think. Is it the Midlands? Yeah, it's it's basically in the middle and the heart of England, the heart, the beating heart of England. It's the place where they have Richard III, who's not very important at all. So, um, yeah, it's, you, you know, the story of the guy who was basically, they dug up the king's body in the middle of the car park. And it's very, very odd because Lester is all about this guy, this dead guy. Um, so I think it was in that way quite fitting for an archaeology conference to be held there. It's a really lovely city, actually. It's, uh, there's got a lot of really interesting um, architecture going on. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm totally not being paid by the tourist board for saying that at all. Um, but if they want to put a donation to the APN, they're more than welcome to. 
And uh, it was really, really good to kind of see people who I know from the internet. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, from Twitter in the flesh. It was it was really, it's one of those great things. And I have the uh, great opportunity to work with uh, Doug Rocks McQueen. I mean, what a surname. Um, you can catch him on some of the other older Archaeotech podcasts and on the CRM Archaeology podcast as well, because he kind of drops in for that. And um, he basically, um, I kind of help him record all the different um all the different like conferences that we go to because um what we try and do is basically cover film and audio all the different um conferences so that people who've missed them are able to actually catch up with them which i think is really really good um but what was i going to say yeah i mean it was something kind of interesting about the kind of themes that um sifu were going on about um so, I mean, there was one uh, workshop that I managed to get to for only a short space of time, which was the CFA Equality Workshop. And it came out of, you know, the statistics and the profile in the profession and other statistics about how many people um, uh, work for archaeology, who they were, and what the breakdown uh, was from that. And I think um, the numbers... Right, so so basically, most people fit into the standard of what you consider an archaeologist. Um, you know, this kind of like, and that's in all heritage jobs. But um, w what we found was, um, pretty sure there was a discussion about who was interested in joining archaeology and who was in archaeology. And there's an interesting change that I mean, my contemporaries, um, definitely in my archaeology class, there was a large percentage of women in uh, my archaeology classes um not an overwhelming majority but a good a good percentage i'd say even in the final years more women than men and um what's reflected in profiling the profession is that actually there's not as many men as women getting um going into archaeology which is one of those very weird scenarios where usually the modern kind of society talks about how women are being dissuaded from certain um, subjects and certain like industries of work. So it's a very interesting uh, point and it'd be really interesting if we can actually find out some of the reasons why certain um, certain things get certain people would like to do archaeology over other people. The other per the other person I had I'm absolutely you know, I, 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 I absolutely adore her and she's amazing. Uh, so I got to meet Teresa O'Mahony, who I interviewed actually in the last episode of this show. And she was, oh, she's amazing. I mean, in the flesh even more so. Um, I, I was really, really happy to meet her and talk to her and everything. And, you know, she is definitely, she really, really has that that energy, you know, you know, when you meet somebody who has energy, who has this kind of potent energy and really wants to change things and make things better. Uh, but she says herself, you know, she's not here as the one voice. And, you know, she wants to basically improve the lives for the people who are, as she calls them, enabled archaeologists. And she basically wants to point out that there is a lot of, um, there is a lot of this um, kind of the prejudice of employers who basically say i don't want to work with somebody who uh, is disabled uh, or uh, what's the other there's another there's a lot of different terms but what i mean is the employers don't want to work with people who have physical and mental disabilities or disabilities 
and instead will come up with reasons why not to hire them, stating things like, you know, trying to basically say that they cannot make any reasonable adjustments for people working in the workplace. And Teresa O'Mahony is basically saying, look, this is all prejudice. This is not actually based on anything uh, concrete. Instead, what this is, is a lot of hypotheticals that basically are prejudice. I mean, the fact is that a lot of these employers have never even taken on somebody who's an enabled archaeologist who need, requires any sort of reasonable uh, adjustments in the workplace because of this prejudice. So she's working to basically try and highlight how people with disabilities are treated. And, you know, I remember on the last episode we talked about, I mean, she she was talking about people who've been basically asked why did they even come to an interview you know what are they doing here and i think that's absolutely shocking that's that's horrible and if you want to ever talk about you know the if you want to argue about prejudice and you want to say well these people are just not wanting to the people are not choosing to come into this place of work you have to basically on the other side of that acknowledge that um, that th there shouldn't be this prejudice against people like that. Because I feel a lot of the time people argue that, oh, well, there's a lack of X in Industry Y because X do not want to enter Industry Y. But when you have this idea from an employer's perspective that there are people who are basically told, what the hell are you doing here when they show up for an interview, it, it, you have to fight against that if you're going to make the argument that there are no barriers. So, I mean, that, that was, it was really good to see Teresa in uh, and talk to her face to face. And um, I mean, the people, people, uh, she again presented at several points and people were just overwhelmed. I saw a great kind of response to that on Twitter and that was really, really amazing. Uh, another person I met for the fir uh, for the second time, I think, um, was Emma O'Riordan. Um, I, I, I swear I say her name wrong every time. But anyway, she is from SCARF, who's the Scottish uh, Archaeological Research Framework or something like that. She's really, really awesome. And um, if you want to, if you want to check out Scarf, they I'll put a link uh, in the description below. They're they're really awesome, and you know um, I I've met a lot of really cool people. I met Mr. Soup from obviously our uh, our collaborative podcast uh, Soupcast, and of course Soup and Sandwich, which I also occasionally do, which I've meant to do for a while, you know. <laughs> and actually, uh, he was doing some recording as well for his YouTube channel, so uh, which I actually star in one of those videos. Um, <laughs> in the Flesh, it, as it were. I love saying In the Flesh for some reason. Great track from, uh, what's it called? Pig Floyd's The Wall. Absolutely fantastic song. Maybe that's why I like saying it so much. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you want to catch what I actually look like and sound like at the same time, I think it's Sifa Video Day 3 on his uh, Mr. Soup's uh, Archeo Soup channel, which you can find on YouTube. And uh, like I, I'm, I'm a long-time fan of Mr. Soup and what he does. And uh, we got chatting, we got sitting down and talking about what we could do in the future. And I think there's definitely a lot of things that we're kind of thinking of there. Um, there's a lot of talk about people developing online resources and you know I've, I've always had an idea about wanting to kind of create content so there was a lot of people I was talking to about that as well so I mean Sefer was a great place to kind of start conversations listen to people understand what they were thinking and what they were doing it was it was a great conference um, to be at and I, I think there's something magical about meeting people um, 
there is uh, oh yes uh, <laughs> I love this and if Doug is actually listening to this of course he won't be but um, so I met the people from Internet Archaeology which is a online journal which you can find if you ch check out Internet Archaeology um, and so I uh, <laughs> I had uh, the wonderful uh, opportunity yet again to uh, meet some lovely people from the University of York uh, the Archaeology Data Service people and um, well uh, basically, um, basically, in 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 internet archaeology, you have these amazing pen drives. They look like little trials. I'll, I'll yeah, I've probably tweeted a picture of it before, but they got these little trials, and they're they're just adorable. They're pen drive trials, and they're rare as hen's teeth. And uh, I was lucky enough to get one, and I am really really chuffed because they're amazing, and I love them so much. Uh, yeah, we have to get some some fancy little pen drives like that um so what you should do is there i think there's a competition to win a couple of them because there's a few left so what you should do is go and check out the archaeology data services at the university of york because they're awesome and if you're an archaeologist it's always good to have um a knowledge of the resources that are available to you and of course if you want to publish something uh, there is the course internet archaeology um, just you know uh, there's a great material to read it's all open access to my knowledge and um, it's really cool to meet these people who I interact with um, just and talk to them you know as people it was it was something amazing so that, that was really really good I also was um, on non-archaeology related stuff I was away in uh, Denmark for a weekend there as well feeling very very ill and uh, I must say Denmark's really cool uh, their coins are really weird so like their coins uh, some of their coins have holes in the middle which is really really kind of cool I mean I wish our coins had holes in the middle I'm wondering if it actually has some sort of meaning or it's a money-saving technique where you're using less material apparently um so my girlfriend heard from i think her sister uh, apparently they used to wear the coins around their neck or something so i'm wondering if there's any danish historians archaeologists heritage interest people who can tell me about the history of the danish krona and why there's a hole in the middle of some of the coins in denmark that'd be really really cool but um yeah i've, I've kind of covered what i wanted to cover i mean Obviously, I really love doing this stuff, and I love working with people on the Archaeology Podcast Network. I mean, there's, um, of course, Kim, who uh, Kim Biddulf, who I, uh, I actually met for the first time. Uh, there's a lot of first times here, and um, I met her in the fir for the first time at the CIFA conference, and uh, she was helping film as well. And you know, she does a great show over at Prehistories, and you know, um, that that's really really. Uh, it's really, really, um, do, 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 do. it's a really, really great show, and you should go and check it out. It's one I'm trying to like push out of my mouth, and um, it, we've we've got a lot of people who work with us. We've got some new shows now. There's a new show called Women in Archaeology, which is about it's kind of a panel show where uh, women who are archaeologists talk about archaeology, of course. We've always got we've got also Trial Tales, which is a new um podcast which i mean we got sent the first episode and uh i was just blown away by the production value i i just was like wow this is your first podcast jeez i mean i listened back to the first episode of this and even then i was i'd been doing radio and i'd been doing podcasts before and i was like 
yeah, this this first episode from Trial Tales, that just blows me out of the water. Uh, there's a lot of time and effort put into that. So I think you should really check that one out. And um, yeah, no, it's going really, really well. And, you know, we, we're starting to kind of look at basically how to better support our listeners, but also how to basically give the listeners what they want, but at the same time help us out. And the thing is that we put a lot of effort into this and we put a lot of our free time into this and it does suck up a lot of free time. So we've had recently some donations which have been absolutely amazing and we, you know, we can't be thankful enough for those things. But if you do want to support us, we are um, currently looking into um, basically, you know, opening up sponsorship. And, you know, it'd be great to kind of know what kind of ideas that, what kind of things would you want if you were going to, for example, pay through a uh, subscription service is there anything that you could think of that you know you would more like uh, like more of and you know we're, we're, we're trying to find ways of basically having the ability to do more stuff and um, support the network and grow the network and we want to do that um, so we're working on that we're working on it don't you worry uh, so in the meantime you know check out all our podcasts they are coming out as fast as we can make them. Um, I apologize for being so kind of uh, lackadaisical with my uh, kind of publishing and my own podcast. And, you know, I think I'm behind on Supercast as well. <laughs> so I apologize anybody who listens to those shows. But it's all set up now. Everything's on its way and it's on its way out. And I'm really trying to make uh, more time to actually record this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, honestly, thank you so much for listening and continuing to listen i really there's no way i can really thank you enough for having stuck with me all this time and you know still kind of listening and supporting by retweeting and sharing and just adding to the conversation i just it just makes uh it makes all of this worth it so anyway if you do want to catch me you can always tweet at me at an archaeologist i now have an email address for the archaeology podcast network uh, which I've probably said a thousand nights before, but it's just Tristan at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. So if you want to send any comments or questions, you can do that through there. Um, so yeah, I'll better wrap this up. I uh, hope I haven't taken too much of your lovely time. If you're just, you know, walking somewhere, and I hope it's good weather. If you're on the train, you know, um, I hope that you're reaching your destination no problem. And on time, not uh, running for a plane like me. Well, thank you anyway for uh, listening once again, and uh, I'll catch you really soon. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.